Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the RR Show. I am your host, Andy. Today, we are jumping into some r slash let's not meet. Don't forget, if you want links to our YouTube channel, check out the rrshow.com or the description down below. But without further ado, grab your tea and your popcorn, and let's jump in with our first story from you slash cannibal birdies. I don't go to the coin laundromat anymore. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A few months ago, I, 22, was at the local coin laundromat. I went late because I'd been studying around 10 p.m. The laundromat is pretty small closer to the edge of the beach town I live in. The town's pretty well known for drifters and people experiencing homelessness. Most people are friendly and there's a lot of drug use, but I've never really felt scared. Everything was fine until I went to move my laundry to a dryer. I was listening to music on my headphones, but not super loudly. Suddenly, I got the feeling that someone was watching me. I can't really explain it. I just felt the presence. I turned around and there was a man standing just a few feet away from me. He was a white guy with pink hair wearing a full face mask, like a ski mask, a hoodie, gloves and sunglasses, even though it was dark out. The gloves and sunglasses especially immediately made me feel uncomfortable. I thought maybe he was a drifter or high, but I didn't want to be rude. I tried to laugh it off and told him he surprised me. He immediately started talking. A lot of it was disjointed and just didn't make sense. He was talking about coming up from Brazil to bring his brother money to get a classic car. None of it made much sense, but he would ask me questions and wait for me to respond, so I tried to just play along. I still thought he was probably just high or something, but he was standing between me and the only door, and I started getting this gut feeling that he was blocking the door on purpose, not just accidentally as he talked to me. He was getting closer to me as he talked, and the feeling got stronger. Logically, something was off, but mostly I just had this feeling in the pit of my stomach that I needed to leave and keep him talking until I could. I started to edge to the side, but he stayed in front of me, and the feeling got more intense. I started to grip my keys in attack position just in case. He talked more and then backed off a little. He took off his backpack, which was a child's unicorn backpack, and set it on a nearby dryer. I looked over to the door for just a second, and when I looked back, he was pulling something I couldn't see out and holding it to the side, behind him, you know, where I couldn't see it. But I did see what was in his backpack. Duct tape. Instantly, it was just like an alarm went off. There was no more worrying about being rude, no more second-guessing myself that he was just off but harmless. 
It was like this cold, numb dread just washed down over me. I almost felt calm, like I knew the next steps, knew I had to do something. Time seemed to move in slow motion, and he turned back to me, not saying anything anymore, and took a step forward. I gripped my keys as tightly as possible and tried to mentally prepare to fight. I remember being afraid that I would move too slow or be too weak, like in a nightmare. But all of a sudden the door of the laundromat opened and a woman walked in, barely even looking at us as she went to get her laundry. It was like a scene in a movie, a moment of intensity just interrupted by something innocuous and suddenly it's over. He just turned, got his bag and left. I was so scared I just stayed there a minute until I could get my laundry and just go home. I didn't report it. I never knew what to say, since nothing had actually happened. But when I think about it, I think the scariest thing is that he left me as soon as someone walked in. If he was just crazy, it wouldn't have mattered. I think a stranger's laundry timer saved me from something terrible. I don't go to the laundromat anymore. I joined a laundry service. The extra cost is worth never having to go back. So to the man with the pink hair and the unicorn backpack, let's not meet again. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And that's the reason why I don't do laundry. It's just not worth the risk. Our next story is from Botanically a Berry. The Camper in the Shade. I don't know what compelled me to finally share this, but I've been thinking about it a lot the past few days and thought it would fit this sub relatively well. I'm one of those long-time lurkers who's been sitting on their own story for ages, but I finally got around to writing my experience down and hope someone out there finds it interesting enough to read. Apologies in advance for the length. I have a lot of thoughts about this as it's the first and only time I felt legitimately afraid for my life. When I was about eight years old, my parents were going through a divorce and me and my older sister used to spend a lot of time at our grandparents' house. It's a long ranch-style home on a corner in a very nice neighborhood that's a 10-minute walk from a gas station, grocery store, and a few fast food restaurants. The streets are long and lined with well-manicured houses cradled by big, scenic California Valley Hills all around. We were never very wealthy, but my grandpa bought it as a fixer-upper many years ago, and the property value has skyrocketed since then. As you can imagine, it's a very safe spot. And although there weren't many other kids in the neighborhood, it wasn't uncommon to see neighbors walking their dogs or pushing a stroller down the sidewalk outside our house. Although my mum was especially protective of all our lives, this particular neighborhood was densely populated, and my family knew just about everyone who lived there. She grew up in that neighborhood herself, so she was understandably trusting. She would once in a while let me and my sister walk to the Rotten Robbie gas station on the other end of the block to grab a snack. I would always get a ring pop and my sister would grab three musketeers before we made our way home. 
My sister was about 11 at the time, and this small amount of freedom was a really big deal to us. Nothing compared to walking down the streets all by ourselves in the summertime, laughing and joking around, a couple of dollar bills in our pockets. I felt like I owned the world. The one oddity I never noticed around the neighborhood was a small camper parked on the side of the road opposite to the gas station, right along the backside of the fence of another house. It sat there in the shade like a permanent fixture, all the windows constantly covered by opaque beige curtains. I can't explain why, but it always gave me this deep sense of foreboding when I'd pass it. I was almost positive someone was living inside it because at times I'd hear the air conditioner running as it sat stagnant in the same spot. The hairs on my neck would always stand on end as I passed it, particularly as I passed the camper door, and I'd always keep an eye on it for fear that one day it would swing open just as I came passing by. I think what bothered me the most was a drawing taped on the door from the inside. It was extremely messy, a sketch of odd lines in a brown-colored pencil that was frustratingly indiscernible. I could see the outline of something, a vague shape, but could never make out what it was intended to be. I never had the nerves to stop and stare long enough to really investigate, but each time I walked by I'd steal a glance. A year prior to the incident I'm about to describe, I was walking with my mum past the camper in the shade. We had just gone to the park nearby and unfortunately had to pass the camper before we could cross the street and continue walking. I didn't want to seem afraid, so I kept on walking right behind her and didn't object when she walked past. This time, I felt a little more brave. I was frustrated not being able to decipher the drawing for long and while my mum was feet away I stopped in front of the camper door and took a moment to really look at the drawing. Upon closer inspection, the paper was filthy. I remember doing a project in elementary school where we soaked printer paper in black coffee to make it look aged, and that's what it reminded me of. My mum walked on without noticing I'd stopped following her, but my eyes stayed fixed on the indistinct mass of dirt-caked scribbles until I could make out what looked to be a tiny, malformed face. My stomach turned. I immediately felt cold and disgusted as my eyes trailed over the rest of the image. I didn't know what kind of creature it was at the time, but now I can look back and say the drawing was a badly deformed fetus inside a mess of large, perfect circles like those made by a circular ring ruler. Its face was contorted as if in pain. It was so graphically disturbing and seemed to portray this odd sense of suffering that stuck with me for days. As a child, I didn't know how to process it, and the mental image still makes me sick to think about. I'd never seen anything like it before. Adrenaline flooded my body and my chest hurt with fear, but I selfishly thought of my glorious little trips for ring pops and said absolutely nothing as I followed behind my mum. This was, in retrospect, a classically terrible idea. It's one of those things you scream at main characters in movies for. Ever since my ill feelings towards the camper had been elevated by the drawing on the door, I thought about it every time we drove by, and about a month later my mum once again graced us with several bucks and permission to walk down to Rotten Robbie and grab our respective snacks. I thought about telling my sister about what I'd seen on the way there, 
But she was older and braver and I was terrified she'd make me cross the street with her to check it out. It was a bright, sunny day and I told myself with false certainty that nothing was going to happen. If I didn't acknowledge it, maybe it would go away. We walked past the camper and it was thankfully uneventful. On the walk back, I was feeling more comfortable and was focused on fighting open my candy wrapper with my sister walking alongside me. We passed the camper for a second time, but I didn't give it half as much thought as the first time. I don't remember what we were talking about, but I recall being interrupted mid-sentence as my sister softly yet firmly said to me, there was a distinct fear in her voice that immediately set me on edge, like a bucket of iced water. All my senses heightened and I became aware of everything including the sound of haphazard footsteps about 10 feet behind us. It was accompanied by a heavy rustling sound, like a heavy backpack, and nervously, I half-turned my head to look. A man with a long, unkempt beard and wearing many layers of ragged clothes stood behind us, eyes unmistakably burning into our backs as he walked. His movements were normal, it was a drunken shuffle, like each of his feet were unimaginably heavy and needed to be moved one grand effort at a time. His shoulders were skewed, head tilted downward with a strange arch of his neck. I could hear his shoes scraping on the gravel with every step, but rather than seemingly genuinely intoxicated, it was as if he was intentionally meandering our direction like a zombie with the direct effort to frighten us. Behind him, I saw the camper door was open wide open for the first time in all the years we'd spent living there and realized this was the man who had been living inside. He's following us, I choked out, my eyes filled with tears. My mind was spinning as I stared straight ahead again, the wide street and the sidewalks abnormally empty all around. My sister grabbed my hand. She squeezed it hard enough to hurt without looking my way speaking carefully under her breath. On account of free, we race home, she told me in a very serious tone of voice. I couldn't reply through the growing lump in my throat, but every single cell in my body understood we had to put some distance between us and this man as quickly as possible. She began to count steadily while we walked faster, and the most terrifying part is that he had started running before we even had a chance to. He must have heard her directions to me and tried to get a head start by sprinting our direction before she got to three. But his footsteps were noisy and we bolted like deer the instant we heard him behind us. I'll never forget it. The chase felt exactly like you imagine in your nightmares. The fear your pursuer is inches away from grabbing your arm or a fistful of your hair. I pictured myself being dragged into the van with nobody around to see or hear me. We ran so fast we didn't even have breath to scream, and peering back behind me about 10 seconds later I saw him running our direction, with absolutely none of the impairment he showed with those zombie-like steps moments before. I think back on it now and he must have been deliberately pretending to be handicapped to lure our guard, so we wouldn't start running. The thought is terrifying, but I can't rationalize it any other way. We made it to our grandparents' house and without looking behind us, yanked open the stubborn old door before slamming it closed and scrambling past their excited dogs to get as deep in the house as possible. 
I don't even think we locked it, as our main goal was getting within the line of sight of any adults as quickly as possible. My mum was talking to my grandpa at the table and gave us an amused look when we bounded into the living room. Since we were kids, running around wasn't anything out of the ordinary, and she didn't ask what happened as we collapsed on the couch and tried to catch our breath. The inside of the house felt so safe and felt in such good spirits that I didn't even want to bring up what just happened. Like waking from a nightmare, you didn't want to talk about it. I was desperate to go back to normalcy. I wanted to forget it entirely, to unwrap my candy and act like everything was completely normal for the sake of my own sanity. And that's exactly what I did. I asked my sister a few years back if she remembered this incident. I'm 25, she's now 28. And her response was strange. She remembered immediately without the need for me to provide details, but she quickly waved it off and insisted he had to have been a bored homeless man looking to spook some kids walking home with no real intent to harm anyone. I don't know. I'd like to believe it's some innocent misunderstanding, but like they always say about gut feelings, they are rarely wrong. I feel in my soul that he wanted to hurt me and my sister that day. I never told her or anyone else about the strange drawing on the door, and I'm not sure if my sister saw the open door and connected him to the camper or not. It's one of my biggest regrets, as I would hate for any other child to have been less fortunate after innocently walking past the camper in the shade. I believe he may have chosen the spot between the park and the gas station deliberately due to the number of children walking around the area. I never saw the camper again a day or so after this. I'm not proud of how I handled this and would encourage anyone who finds themselves in a similar situation to contact authorities immediately for the safety of others around. I don't know if maybe this whole story comes off as melodramatic, but it was very real and very frightening in a way I can't forget. So, possibly deranged camper guy by the gas station? Whatever your intent was, let's not meet. Well, guys, thank you so much for being with us this episode. It's been great to have you. I can't wait to see you in the next one. Until then, guys, peace out, take care, and don't loiter near shady caravans. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. 
In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookyScienceSisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky.